Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. We're going to look at that thought tonight. Um, We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Before we get there, there's this time. So right after graduating college, I went to Africa for five months, and that's actually where I ended up uh, meeting my wife, Jessie, who's from Tennessee, but we just had to to both go to a completely different continent to meet one another uh, for some whatever reason. That's the way God decided to work all that out. But uh, we worked uh, on a media team there with the International Mission Board, and so we were doing a lot of stories on the missionaries and, and things that were in that part of Africa and what the Lord was doing in their ministries and all this kind of thing. So we were taking a break from that and went, went and hung out on a beach on the coast of Ghana. And we're swimming, hanging out. There's about six of us on the team. And uh, I decided, because I was 18 and smart and knew everything, I decided that it was, I, I was just going to go out as far as I could. I grew up uh, on the coast of Mississippi. I grew up in the ocean, like swimming. I'm a strong swimmer. I am a strong swimmer, right? Like all those things. And so I decided, all right, I'm just going to go as far as I can. Right? Right? And so I, uh, I was swimming. I was going. I could still touch bottom. And I was like, okay, this is good. And I got to a point where, you know, like I'm 6'1", and I got to a point where like, I could like go down underwater, touch bottom, and then bounce back up. And I was like, this is cool. This is fun, right? And I was expecting to eventually like hit like a sandbar. Uh, sort of thing, but apparently on that part of the coast of Africa, there isn't such a thing. And uh, where there is, like in in the Gulf, where we are, but it's a different how the water works, right? But there are still riptides, right, that pull you out to sea and those kinds of things. And so I I turn around and look, and actually, Jessie, my wife, not at the time, she didn't care about me at all. Uh, I mean, she didn't like disdain me, but she didn't like like me either, right? We were there was, I thought she was beautiful and awesome. She thought I was just an 18 year old idiot which I was, right? And, uh, and so, but I look back to the beach and everybody is really tiny, right? And Jesse is one of those people and she's just like reading a book, has, uh, you know, earbuds in, listening to music, reading a book and that kind of thing. And I start to swim back because I realize all of a sudden one time I go down and I can't touch bottom. And so I swim my way back up and I'm like, oh no, I need to swim in. And it felt like every time I was making my way closer, I would look and it felt like I was further. So I did what I knew to do. I started swimming along the beach, right, and that kind of thing. But I kept every once in a while just trying to test. Like, have you ever, if any of you ever been in the ocean, you kind of get out far enough and you just try to test, like, okay, can I still touch bottom, right? Every once in a while I'd still test, and it was never there. It was never there. I was swimming, I was swimming, and I tried to wave, like, to my team leader and all those people who weren't paying attention to me out in the ocean, apparently, and nobody saw me. And there was, and every time I would, I would reach my foot to, to touch ground, touch ground, it wasn't there, it wasn't there. It wasn't there, and I was getting tired. I was getting exhausted. There was a literal moment that I was like, all right, this is it, Lord. Like, I'm, I'm about to drown on the coast of Africa. I guess that's a good way to go. I don't know. Uh, but I was like, this is, like, literally hopelessness had begin to, begun to set in. Like, I'm going to drown out in the ocean on the coast of Africa. But I still kept swimming, kept swimming, kept swimming, started praying hard, praying hard, praying hard, waving down. They still never saw me, right? Obviously, the end of the story is I survived. Spoiler alerts, right? <laughs> Spoiler alerts. But there was, but there, like literally, there was, I, there was one last moment, like I was exhausted enough, like hopelessness had set in, uh, like I said, but there was one last moment that I said, all right, I'm going to see. I think I've made a little ways in finally. I've, I've been swimming sideways to the beach trying to get closer in, right? And, uh, and so I made one last feel for the ground, and it was there. 
and all of a sudden, everything changed, right? Like hope began to, to pour in, and I was like, all right, I can do this, I can do this, right? And I, I started, some energy came from somewhere that I don't know, right? And I began to swim in, and finally got to a point where I could stand up, and it was fine, and I made it in, right? Like I made it out alive, and it was great. But there was, there was literally a moment that all was lost. I, I, was, I was, felt like I was about to drown. Hopelessness was all I felt. No one saw me. No one knew I was there. I was drowning. See, stress and anxiety can be like that, and many of you have experienced that. that There are these moments where it feels like nobody sees you, nobody knows you're there, and it feels like you're drowning, you can't touch the ground. But what I want you to see tonight over the next couple of weeks as well is even whenever it feels like no one here on earth sees you, there is a God who sees you and loves you and knows you. And there is solid ground to put your feet on with him. All right, so let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in one of probably the most obvious places to start on this particular subject on uh, anxiety and stress. Like I said, the series we're calling uh, The Struggle is Real, right? Because it, it is real. Anxiety and stress... As much as some people in the world want to say it's made up and it's whatever and you just need to get over it, that's just, that's just not how this works, right? It is real. And many of you, myself included, deal with this and have to struggle with this. And so I want us to understand what it means for those of us who've chosen to follow Jesus to be able to, to move past something like this, to be able to, to deal with the struggle and to get to a place where it is not a struggle. Right? And, I, and I, I think practically, and so we're going to try over the next few weeks to get practical with this and kind of work through that and more than just like pray harder, right? Like that's, that is good advice, but there's more to it than just that, okay? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 is where we're going to be, okay? Jesus says this. Well, let me give some context, okay? This is a Sermon on the Mount. This is what is called the Sermon on the Mount. This is the longest recorded sermon of Jesus, not recorded audio, but like written down, right, that we have of... Jesus, and he is standing in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people. This seems to be one of the moments that he is teaching them what he would deem some of the most important things. Jesus didn't waste his breath. He didn't say things that were pointless. But this seems to be, if you go through all the topics he goes through, covers in the Sermon on the Mount, these are some of the most important commandments of God, ways of living, things that we need to be aware of in this life. Right, and so in this context of Jesus talking to hundreds of people, in the in the list of things he finds most important to talk about, this is what he says. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Verse twenty six. Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? We're going to stop there for just a moment. In a list of some of the most important things to know in this life, Jesus says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about the things of this world. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Because right? like, this is the audience that he's talking to were really the down and out, the outcasts of society. They were, they were, a lot of them were, not all of them were outcasts, but they were, most of them were poor and they really did 
worry about where their next meal was coming from. Most of us in the room here don't have to really worry about that. And that's, that's a good thing, that you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. But that has different connotations we'll get into later for you and I. But this crowd literally are desperate for life and for hope. And Jesus is saying, hey, don't be anxious. Don't worry about those things. Right? And on a surface level, you're like, cool, thanks, Jesus. Don't be anxious. Good. That's great. Or I guess I'm just going to not be anxious now. Good. Right? That's helpful. Right? That's not, that's, that ultimately is not helpful, but thankfully Jesus doesn't just say, don't be anxious. Right? Like he's actually given us, he goes on to give some helpful things. But what I actually want to do is I want us to back up in the chapter up to verse 19. You see, I've mentioned this several times. Jesus is very intentional with everything that he said, everything that he did, and everything that he taught. And in this sermon, like any good sermon, everything flows one thing into another. Like we have in our Bible, you know, in red letters. Jesus didn't talk in red letters, right? He was just normal talking, right? And we have nice headings and verse numbers and all that. Whenever Matthew wrote this down, it was just it was all words, right? Maybe some paragraphs, but it was just words. There was no chapter, verse, all that kind of thing. So all of this was connected. All of this, like we, I think sometimes we get confused about that in the Bible and we think, because some of it is because we pull things out and sometimes, and then we, or we focus on the headings that are nice for us occasionally, right? On these things. But all of this was one talk that Jesus gave, one sermon that he gave them. All of it was connected. It wasn't just like, all right, I've talked about that. So now let me talk about this, right? Like everything is connected. So let's read what he has to say. If we jump all the way back to verse 19. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will devote to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I find this really interesting that Jesus is talking about not laying up treasures here on earth, not gathering money, right? He specifically points out money, but there's a lot more to that, and he knows that in in his teaching. It was intending for even more than that. That's why he starts with the, you know, early on and says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be, right? And then he points out money because that's something that, especially as you get older, will become a bigger stressor in your life, Uh, (laughs) right? All the adults say amen, right? All those kinds of things. We spend so much time we all do. We spend so much time worrying about what he talks about in what we just read, the clothes that we have, the food that we eat, the words that people say to us, the teams we make or don't make, like, like we, we, what score we make on tests, what college we're going to, and all these things, right? Like we do all, all these pressures, all of these stressors that just tend to, to pour in, right? Like, if I were to, I'm not going to, and so don't, but if I just said, like, how many of you right now are, like, stressed out? I didn't say, no, don't raise your hand, right? We're not doing that, right? But pretty much everybody would raise their hand. Most people, right? Except Garrett. He never gets stressed about anything. Eric's got both hands and a foot in the air. Like, he's stressed to the max, right? That kind of thing, right? Like, we're all stressed out. 
a lot of it, most of the time, and this is me kind of punching myself in the gut, has a lot to do with this thought right here. Where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. We tend to make the things of this world treasures to us, and you, and you would think, like, initially, like, I don't really make stuff treasure. I'm not, like, sitting there, like, uh, I mean, this is an old reference. How many of you have watched, like, Lord of the Rings, right? Like, right? Gollum, like, the, the ring, right? And, like, he's just, yeah, it's weird, right? The whole deal, like, the ring, like, consumes people, right? Like, you're, whenever we think of, like, treasure, we think of that, or, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, where, like, your whole, like, thought is to just, like, go after treasure, right? And I'm going to, like, do whatever it takes to get that treasure. Like, we don't think about it in that way in the sense that, like, that's what you do in life. But that is what we do in life. It's just not literal gold or rings most of the time. For some people, maybe. But for you guys and myself, golden rings and stuff aren't what I'm chasing after, aren't what I'm making treasure in my life, but what people think of me has often become something that I care heavily about, and I change how I live my life based on those things. How good I am at something or not good at something, I have changed my life based on those particular things. I have allowed myself to be stressed out and anxious because of those particular things, and they have gotten in the way and have become such a priority that they have ultimately become a treasure. How many of you know who The Rock is? The actor, The Rock, right? Maui, right? You know, those kind of things, right? So this is, this is The Rock. There's a TV show out right now actually called Young Rock. I don't know if I'm actually allowed to recommend this or not, so don't tell your parents. But it's hilarious. It's basically just him telling uh, his, like, childhood and growing up and those kind of things and coming from a wrestling family. I don't know if you guys know this. Before he was Maui, he was, like, way back before then. He was a wrestler, uh, and he was awesome. People's eyebrow, right? Those kind of things. And people's elbow, right? Anyway, he was a, he was a wrestler uh, and, the, and those kind of things. But before all that... His number one goal was to be a professional football player. His goal in life, starting in high school somewhere, he realized he was good at it. He's a big dude. In the, in the show, you see that like in middle school, he was like already well over six foot and like had a mustache and was huge, and everybody just thought he was uh, a cop being a narc in the school. It was pretty hilarious uh, and that kind of thing. But starting in high school, his Number one focus, his number one thing was to become a professional football player. He went to the University of Miami, played there at a high level, that kind of thing. And then the NFL draft comes around, and he doesn't get called. But a glimmer of hope, he gets called by a team in Canada to play in the CFL, right, the Canadian Football League. He goes up there, starts playing. Well, it never actually makes the main squad. He's in the practice squad, but then gets demoted and demoted and eventually cut. And so you see in the show, he talks about this, and there's a moment where he, he has this moment where he goes, okay, my entire life has been devoted to this one thing. I have now failed at that one thing. Who am I? What do I do now? You see, and that's, that's the interesting question there, who, who am I? So without this thing, without being a professional football player, who am I? That had become a treasure for him. I don't even know if he's a Christian. I don't know if he would even put it in these terms. But this, this because I've watched the show recently, it was fresh on my mind as I was thinking about this, because it struck me, okay? Who am I if I am not that? If you think about the things in your life, <clears throat> whatever it is, underwater basket weaving, soccer, band, 
whatever it is, right? If you ask, who am I without that? Or maybe a person, who am I without him or her? And that causes you to, like, to stress out and be anxious to think about what your life would be without whatever that is or whatever, whoever that is and that kind of thing. There's a really good chance that that thing has become a treasure in your life or that person has become a treasure, an idol in your life. Now, it's good to, to like people and love people and all this kind of thing. I'm not saying like just because you love somebody like that you're a terrible person, right? But if, if it causes you significant stress and anxiety to think about what your life would be without making a 36 on your ACT or without getting into the school of your dreams or without getting the career you're trying to go for or just any number of things that the list could go on and on and on and on about, then it's become a treasure in your life. And you've got to reprioritize. Because what Jesus says here is where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So if you want to know what you treasure, what are the things that you spend most time doing? What are the things that you love talking about? What are the things that you love in life? That's where your heart lies. Those are the things that you treasure. Is Jesus anywhere on the list? Hopefully he's top of the list. Hopefully he is the list because Jesus is the only thing in the universe we should be lost without. Jesus is the only thing in the universe that if we did not have Jesus, we would be lost. Because the reality is, is if you don't have Jesus, you are lost. And you will spend eternity in hell. But because Jesus came... We just celebrated this, right? Because Jesus came and died for us and rose and conquered death. We can have eternal life with him, which is why he's telling us to focus our eyes on him, prioritize him, realize that the treasure and beauty that him and life with him ultimately is. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about the clothes that you wear. Don't worry about um, any, any of those things Jesus is talking about. He's, he's saying, don't worry about these things because ultimately they don't matter. Clothes, chances are all of it ends up, I end up like ripping holes in every pair of pants I have, not in the cool way, right? Uh, I think, have I ever told you guys a story about the time that I, I ripped a hole in my pants right in front of a girl I liked in, in high school? Ever tell you that story? Huh? You ever heard it? You want to tell me a story, right? So uh, one time in uh, student ministry, we were playing Ultimate Frisbee, and for whatever reason, I decided to wear jeans, and I thought it was okay to wear it, play Ultimate Frisbee in jeans. Anyone who's ever played Ultimate Frisbee knows don't do that, right? And I was... I was pretty good at Ultimate Frisbee. And uh, I, I was trying to be cool in front of this girl that I liked. And uh, literally, just in a moment of playing, just ripped a huge hole in my pants uh, that was not like just in the knee, right? And that kind of thing. And it was super embarrassing. And I had to leave and go home <laughs> in the moment. Never dated that girl. Um, it was great. <laughs> and in that moment, like, so, I mean, all of, all of these uh, things that we do in our life, all the choices that we make, all these things, right? I, I was, we, we played the game earlier, heads and tails, right? It feels like life is a game of chance sometimes, and it feels like every choice you make can be the wrong one, 
but it's almost sometimes sometimes it feels like it's 50-50. Sometimes it feels like there's a million choices and I don't know which one's right. What door do I walk through? There's a hundred million of them. We stress about there's like uh, literally thousands of schools you can go to and thousands of jobs you can have. What do I what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Right? What is this? My parents are telling me I need to do a thing, or they're saying they support me, but they don't really mean it. Right? And all these things. Right? And, and then the stress builds and builds and builds and builds. And we're anxious and stressed out. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about these things. Focus on me, is what he's saying. There's so many issues in our culture that just that point to us ultimately being anxious and stressed out. All of these things, social media and, and media and all of the entertainment, all of the things are buying for our attention. And unfortunately, we often spend more time giving our attention to those things than we do to Jesus. And then we wonder why those things are the loudest voices in our head. We spend so much time scrolling through whatever the latest social media app is. I can't keep up, right? And all the things, and we see all the people dancing on TikTok and doing the things and all the advertisements that are, that are pushed in front of us and all this stuff, right? And then we wonder why those things are the things that we think about all the time. We wonder why those things are the things that are the loudest in our brains over and over and over again. Why when we try to get silent and get with Jesus, those are the things that come to mind is because you spend, I spend hours scrolling through things like that and then 10 minutes with Jesus, Right? There's got to be some kind of priority shift if ultimately you want Jesus to be the ultimate treasure of your life. And that's what he's calling us to here. Is, is he's saying like the, one of the major practical ways to not have so much stress and anxiety in your life is to let Jesus be the loudest voice in your life and not the things of this world which takes time for you to do. Time with Jesus, time reprioritizing, time doing all these things. The world tries to tell us how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to do, and all of these things. And ultimately, all of that leads to stress. I think guys and girls alike str- uh, struggle with this sort of thing, but I think girls have the biggest disadvantage with this. Like you have social media and things like this that tell you what you're supposed to look like and how you're supposed to act and like all these things, right? And it, and it builds up all of this, these just ridiculous standards that no one can really live up to unless you have a particular filter or you do whatever, right? And, and all the things. And everything is fake and everything is ridiculous. And again, it just builds up this level of standard that nobody could achieve to, and it causes so many issues. Whenever Jesus is just standing there saying, you're beautiful the way you are. You don't need a filter. You don't need the things, right? Like Jesus says that you are beautiful. You are here on purpose and for a purpose. The other things that we seek in this world tend to beat us down and make us feel worthless. In a moment... They make us feel happy. In a moment, you feel successful because a whole bunch of people liked whatever post it was and all the things, right, and said that you were beautiful and yada, yada, yada for that moment, and it's fleeting. And then not too long after that, you feel worthless and beat down. But Jesus is saying, that's not how I've called you to live your life. 
but we let those things be the loudest voices in our heads over and over and over again. Like I said earlier, the, the crowd that Jesus is talking to, he's not, they're not, it's, it's not just falling on deaf ears. These are people who are desperate for hope. These are people who are literally worried about where their next meal is coming from, what clothes they have on, because they may not have more than one pair of clothes. And just like our society, there were standards in their society that they could not live up to, that they could not meet. And they were stressed out about that and worried about that. For you and I, most of us, it's not, the thing we're not worried about, like I said earlier, is not whether, where our next meal is coming from. Most of us are worried about whether or not we, we look good or people think we're awesome and yada, 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 right? That we're the star of whatever this is or that we are the smartest at this and yet all these things and we stress about all these things and pleasing our parents and doing all the things. You're supposed to love and honor your parents, but if they have ridiculous standards, then I'm really sorry and that's unfortunate. Jesus says, don't stress about that. That's easier said than done and Jesus knows that. He lived this stuff out. He knows, right? Because what Jesus says, if we go back to where we're at, verse 26, what Jesus points to is, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? We know, because of the whole, the, all of Scripture tells us, that you and I, mankind, humans, are God's most loved creation. He loves you and he loves me more than everything else in the universe. And so if he takes care of the birds, how much more is he going to take care of you who he loves more than the birds? So that's why Jesus is saying, like, we get so worked up about all these treasures and all these things and having all the things and, and living up to being like, uh, the person next to us or the star of whatever and the things and the people who are doing all the weird things on TikTok and all the stuff, right? We try to be that or yada, yada, yada. Culture says you have, to, you have to speak on this subject. You have to be a voice in this and you have to be an advocate for every downtrodden thing ever. And so, and if you don't, then you suck, right? And all these things, like culture says all of these things. I don't think we were meant to bear the burdens of every person in the world, which is why the social pressures of all of these things, it, like, in the news cycle and all this stuff, and that you have to have a voice against every person that's ever had anything bad done to them ever. And then we get so weighed down by all of these things. And Jesus says, "That's no, don't worry about that. We are called to, bury the, to bear the burdens of the people around us and those we are in community with and all those things. But we are not called or made to bear the burdens of the entire world. That's Jesus. Right? So we don't let all of these things weigh you down, stress you out. So what, so what do we do? Okay, JJ, you spent a lot of time telling us, okay, Jesus thinks we're beautiful, just the way we are, right? And all this stuff, he tells us not to be anxious and tells us not to put treasures, to build up treasures of things on this earth and we need to get Jesus to be the biggest voice in our head, right? You've said a whole lot of things. Well, what, what do we do about this? Here are two simple thoughts I want you to write down, take with you, Okay. You have to reprioritize. I've talked about this a little bit, right? I, I work on this constantly. I was just at a conference this past uh, couple of days talking about student ministry stuff, and in that I was convicted like crazy by the Holy Spirit of ways that I have let my priorities in life get out of whack. And so I am 
spent a lot of the ride home from Atlanta today just trying to think about and make a plan for ways that I'm going to intentionally reprioritize my time to spend more time with Jesus, to spend more time in prayer, to spend more time doing the things that God has called me to do and not worried about the things of this world, not worrying about all of this stuff. What is it that you have to do? How is it that you have to reprioritize? And some of it, I think, is starting with the question that I asked earlier, is you think through the things in your life, the things that you love talking about and thinking about and, do, and, and participating in and all that kind of stuff. If you ask the question, who am I without this thing, and it causes you stress and you don't know who you would be without that thing, that's probably one of the things you've got to reprioritize and figure out because that's something you've placed to be a treasure in your life. Not to, I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest with you guys. I love you guys, so I'm being honest with you. Right? So you have to reprioritize. And then the second one is you have to be intentional. Because you can sit here and go, okay, JJ said these things. The Holy Spirit did convict me. I do need to change these things about my life. All right, that's good. And then tomorrow you wake up and you forget all this has happened. I've done this a thousand times. Garrett, haven't you done this like a hundred times? You're at a retreat, you're at whatever, and you're like, all right, Jesus, I'm going to be better. And then you're not. You're just not. Because it takes intentionality. You got to make a plan. Whatever that is. You got to figure out how to make Jesus the loudest voice in your life. Figure out how to make Jesus the loudest voice in your life. And the thing is, is that Jesus doesn't yell. Jesus is not the author of confusion and frustration. And so all the things that are loud and buying for your attention and all this stuff, that's how you know that they're not of God because they're constantly trying to confuse you and frustrate you and stress you out, right? And that's not God. Jesus speaks in a still, small voice. We're going to talk about this next week. But when's the last time you actually like sat still? When's the last time you actually got quiet? and thought about the things of God. When's the last time you actually got quiet and prayed? You actually got quiet and read your Bible? When's the last time? Well, JJ, I'm busy. Well, then you need to reprioritize and not be so busy. My mom makes me do a thing. Maybe you have to have a conversation with your mom. Sorry, moms, right? Dads, whoever it is. Jesus has to be the loudest voice if you want Jesus to be the treasure of your life. If you want to lower your stress and anxiety, Jesus has to be the still, calm voice that is the loudest in your mind. And since he doesn't yell, that means you've got to quiet down and you've got to let those voices, the other voices, you've got to push them out so that they're quiet enough for you to hear Jesus. Whatever that takes. So you have to reprioritize and you have to be intentional. When we get our focus in the right place, Jesus, the things of this world tend to fade away. Let me pray and then we're going to small group. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are here for us. I thank you that you are solid ground that we can put our feet on. I just pray that you would work in all of our lives and minds and hearts to make you the loudest voice in our heads. Help us begin to figure out how to reprioritize and be intentional about a plan to do so. 
so that we can lower the stress and anxiety and all these things that we struggle with and wrestle with in life and live the way you've called us to live, which is a better way than what the world offers us. Christ, I pray. Amen.